Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and order yours today. By OxyPal, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, you're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by NCHC-TV and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams, home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in college hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app, this is Tuesday night, which means it is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, or the name change hasn't hit you yet. It's Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine, still the best tequila out there, and available at Total Wines everywhere you go. So, uh, Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. This is take two, apparently, because we had a little technical difficulties getting started. But my, my co-host with the heavy sigh coming in from Long Island, New York, where it's probably, what, a balmy 68, 70 degrees out there, too, I would guess. But Paul Hornstein is with me. Paul, how are you? Yeah, that would be a really bad guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I had a nerve, folks. <laughs> it's kind of like going to the dentist, you know, and you don't get enough Novocaine, and all of a sudden you get that shot uh, when they're drilling the the, uh, the tooth out and getting rid of the cavity. You just kind of hit that nerve. How are you, my friend? Uh, cranky now. <laughs> well, we had a little technical difficulties getting started. We had a lot of technical difficulties. But, but here we are. You're here. I'm here. We've got a great guest coming on in just a few minutes. We're going to uh, talk a little NCHC frozen face-off um, with a new home temporarily for this temporarily. year. Some, some great ideas uh, on what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. I understand there's a possibility that there could be some fans in the building. So we'll find um, out. We've got the uh, director of communications uh, for the NCHC, Michael Weissman, is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. The, um, the, the frozen face-off, does that mean when I walk out of my house? <laughs> and you fall Because I'm freezing face my face off. No, I'm freezing my face off. <laughs> is that what that yeah. means? Yeah, it might be. I, you know, I honestly today, Paul, I had to turn on the air for just a short bit of time in the car because it was kind of kind of getting a little hot and sticky with the sun beating down and the sweat was on the brows and things like that so you know um i'm not a big fan of stereotypes <laughs> but okay um however there are a couple like have you ever seen um any movies depicting italians and yeah. they have this certain yeah. arm motion yeah yeah that they do where they bend yeah. at the elbow yeah 
yeah. after hitting it with their other hand? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I am uh, just a little weary. Uh, spent the weekend uh, seeing some AHL hockey. Uh, history in the happening in Henderson slash Vegas uh, over the weekend. Saw the Henderson Silver Knights open up their first ever series against the Ontario Reign. So that was a lot of fun, but it involved getting home about 2.30 in the morning, and uh, I'm kind of running on fumes right now. So right. Uh, no doubt that my, my co-host will uh, will carry me as he Just usually let you does. die in peace or... <laughs> Nah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> well, not in peace anyway. No, no, absolutely not. So anyway. Not after um, this whole air conditioner bit. That's for darn sure. <laughs> so we came off of this. This this is how the week has been, Paul. It started last Thursday with the exhibition game for ASU right here at Oceanside, which was great. Fun to be there. Fun yeah. to be right up front of the glass and getting some great stuff uh, uh, for the website and uh, also for the podcast. Uh, then that went to Friday, but before Friday's game, I snuck over and I took some photos uh, from the parking garage of the new hole in the ground, the new uh, Arizona State Hockey Arena, if I can use No, 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 multi-purpose. No, no, Coach arena. Powers told me I could say Hockey Arena. Oh, okay, I just want to, yeah, I guess they, uh, okay, I just, <laughs> well, I'm just, listen, I'm just trying to be... Uh, I know, I know what you're trying to be in shush. Scooch, but that's besides the point. Shush. So anyway, I had a chance to do that. I happened to be there right at sunset, which I thought was unbelievable. I mean, that location is going to be so nice. Uh, if you don't know, folks, oh, it's sure. just outside of, of the old Packard Stadium, uh, very close to Sun Devil Stadium and Wells Fargo Arena, uh, Desert Financial Arena, my bad. Um, the University Activity Center. Sorry, yeah. uh, athletic department. That's yeah. what it will always be <laughs> to the old guys. <laughs> so anyway, it, it's going to be – uh, just a fantastic facility when it gets done, and uh, they're working on it right now. They're digging holes and, and getting ready to put footings in and all that good stuff. So we'll keep you abreast on what's going on there. Uh, as I said, there was a big announcement from the NCHC yesterday. Uh, it came uh, early in the morning as I was uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, getting ready to uh, prepare for uh, the AHL game, Henderson and Ontario. And I thought, you know what, uh, Paul, quickly get on the uh, get on the the uh, conference, the press conference, and, and get some questions in there. And then I'm going to reach out to uh, the director of communications, Michael Weissman. I'm going to see if I can twist his arm again and bring him on to talk about it. So without further ado, let's bring on that guy, the director of communications, Michael Weissman. Michael, you got Scott and Paul with you again. How are you tonight? Hello, gentlemen. Uh, it's good to be on. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, oh, thanks for coming on, Michael. Thank you very much. Uh, we're doing great, and uh, when the announcement came, like I said, I was in Las Vegas, and I was like shaking my uh, cobwebs out of my eyes, and I was going like, wow, this is exciting. So I'm not going to steal the thunder. You tell us. What's going on with the NCHC and the Frozen Faceoff for 2021? Yeah, exciting news. Uh, yesterday morning, we, uh, like you said, a temporary new home for the Frozen Faceoff, which is our annual championship tournament. Uh, typically, the way we, we do it is three or um, yeah, best of three series on campus sites in the quarterfinals, and then the four advancing teams move on to. Uh, originally, it was actually Target Center, in Minneapolis, in the last couple of years, Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, the home of the Minnesota Wild. But as you alluded to, this year with uh, the COVID conditions and everything else, 
Uh, we have announced you're going to move the Frozen Faceoff to Ralph Engelstad Arena in Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is home to the University of North Dakota. So that is where the uh, Frozen Faceoff will take place. We also actually adjusted the dates a little bit. Uh, it will now be March 12th through the 16th, uh, which is a little shorter than it would normally be, and, and that's uh, partly because we condensed it. Is all it is all now single elimination. As I mentioned before, uh, quarterfinals the first seven years, or I guess for six years since last year's was unfortunately canceled, uh, was best of three series on campus sites. So now it will be all single elimination, one plays eight, two plays seven, et cetera, in the quarterfinals, four advancing teams uh, to the semifinals, and then a championship uh, all in one location. So that was the big exciting news, uh, certainly, that you referenced and we announced yesterday morning. Well, Michael, I'll tell you, when I when I saw it, I thought, hey, there's worse places to go than the Ralph Engelstead Arena because that place is beautiful for people that haven't been there. It's got everything that you need. It's got all the uh, technical things you need for putting on a, uh, a tournament like that. So kudos to you guys for, for going there. And, you know, March in Grand Forks, it's starting to get warmer as long as there's no <laughs> flooding or anything on the Red River. But <laughs> it Yeah, absolutely. Be- it shouldn't be too bad, and I think for COVID purposes, it's probably a pretty good spot as well because the population of, of North Dakota, as most people know, is not that great, and they've seemed to handle uh, COVID fairly well. So uh, on that note, um, concerns, uh, things that, that you guys are working through as far as COVID protocol? Sure, yeah. Well, first, as you referenced, Ralph Engelstad Arena, we're excited to, to work with them and, and be heading there. It's, it is a, an amazing facility, one of the top uh, facilities in the country, certainly one of the top college hockey facilities in the country. Um, the, the Jody Hodgson, the general manager there, Bill Chase, their athletic director, uh, are going to be great to work with. They've been uh, great to work with so far. And so we're excited to have all eight of our teams come there. They've hosted the World Juniors, uh, IHF World Junior Championship before and other major events. And We'll certainly put on a first uh, first class event. Uh, in terms of COVID protocols and testing that uh, you asked about, uh, we're still flushing a little bit of that out. Um, obviously, we went through the pod in Omaha at Baxter Arena in December, a much longer period, a lot more games. Um, so, so testing was a little more rigid and, and whatnot. So we will have to adjust the, the testing protocols, uh, how, you know, how we go about that. Um, we had a little bit of a quarantine, or we did have about a week quarantine period heading into the pod. Um, we'd like to do something like that heading into the postseason to the frozen faceoff in Grand Forks, but it's a little tough. We do have one game on the schedule that, that Friday before we would start. Um, there's a, a CC Denver series, as you guys may know, that still needs to be rescheduled and made up. Um, and so there's a potential that at least one of those games may get put on that weekend. And so we'd like teams to quarantine uh, like we did heading into the pod, uh, going to the frozen faceoff, but it'll be a little more challenging um, with that. And then in terms of, like I said, with the testing, uh, we're still working through what that cadence will look like, um, what that what those um, tiers will look like in terms of who can go where, who can access what, uh, things like that. So there's certainly still some work to be done and, and flushed out. But having gone through it with the pod, that'll at least give us maybe a starting point and where to go. And, and one other thing I should mention when we were choosing the pod uh, Ralph Engelstad Arena was, was kind of the other consideration in there. And so they did a lot of the research on how do we go about testing? What companies can we use for testing? You know, where would we do the testing? Um, and so I think the, the nice thing is they had a good idea on how all that may work. Now, you know, we need to flush it out exactly now that we know when teams will be there and when games will be. But um, at least we have a little bit of a background on that as well. Uh, Michael, maybe you can uh, give some of our audience that is not as versed on, on on how events like this kind of work what are some of the things that 
Ralph Engelstad Arena had, that Baxter Arena has, uh, that allows uh, a, a league to have a conference tournament, uh, especially in such a pinch that you need, even if there were no medical concerns or health concerns. What are some of the things that a building has to have to host a tournament like this? Sure. Well, yeah, so a couple things there. Certainly, um, we hope we hoped, and, and as we have the last couple of years, finished our season at Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, which is another, you know, top-notch hockey facility uh, in the country, um, you know, an NHL uh, facility. And so ideally, we would finish there with the, the facilities they have, the locker rooms and everything that our student-athletes would get to enjoy. But knowing that we wanted to bring all eight teams there, um, and then it would be in uh, more time, I guess, than we would normally be at Excel Energy Center because that's we were only at Excel Energy Center for two, I guess, three days with a practice day. Um, this is obviously what five days with the teams arriving even a day or two before, so you're really looking at six or seven days. So unfortunately, something like an Excel Energy Center or another neutral site venue that is not one of our own kind of our own run, own operated facilities uh, would make it challenging. And so that, that's certainly one of the reasons why. Um, going to a campus venue, whether it was the, the, the pod in Omaha or moving the frozen face off to the Ralph um, is much more manageable. The, the calendar on those venues are more open or at least are more easily adjusted because the university is running them. You know, Excel Energy uh -huh. Center, the Minnesota Wild is, is the top priority and we understand that. And they probably have games scheduled from the 12th to the 16th period because we weren't supposed to be there until March 19th and 20th. So um, and I'm sure that would apply to other, you know, neutral site venues. I saw some people mentioning Sioux, the arena in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, even Fargo. And, and I, it's just tough, you know, when um, we're not as familiar with those people. We don't know the general manager as well. We've never been to those venue. Um, you know, we've been to Baxter. You know, we've been to the Ralph. We know how it operates. We know who those people are, who we need to work with. We know they're great people to work with. Um, kind of as I alluded to, the Ralph has hosted you know, world junior championships before they've had Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin there, you know, they've had the best of the best. They, they certainly know what they're doing. Um, and so that, that plays a big role of it. And the other part of it um, that we haven't really mentioned, although I think you kind of alluded to it in my introduction is uh, we are going to have a limited number of fans allowed, which we did not have in the pod. And so that adds, I guess, another element of maybe the, the COVID uh, protocol and safety that we discussed earlier um, to that. Um, and so, again, being on a campus uh, facility, we can work through the, the campus protocols and the city protocols and make sure we're in good shape with, with what we're doing and everything there. Um, and, you know, the, the Ralph has uh, eight locker rooms that all our teams will be able to stay in uh, throughout if, you know, the further they advance in the tournament, some teams, you know, unfortunately will go home after one game. But, right. um, but with the pod, even with the pod, teams were having to rotate locker rooms a little bit, which... You know, they dealt with and it was fine, but it was a lot of work on the equipment managers and, you know, it wasn't an ideal situation. And so going to the Ralph will allow all eight teams to have their own locker room, no need to move locker rooms or anything like that. Um, and it really is a, an incredible facility as, as are, you know, all of our teams facilities. But we just felt that um, that facility and we certainly considered Omaha as well. That was a, another consideration. Um, both of those venues are are allowing fans in a limited capacity or have been allowing fans. Uh, for their last couple home games series, um, even less than what the state is actually saying they could host. But um, so both those venues have had some fans and, and have dealt with that a little bit. And so we felt comfortable with either place, but ultimately the, the presidents and, and chancellors decided, you know, um, Grand Forks was, was a great place to go and hold our championship tournament. Well, that kind of brings up another question, just because you just mentioned it, um, because 
I mean, obviously not having the kind of access that other people, how many buildings have eight locker rooms? <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, Excel, Excel. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I don't I mean, know. Excel That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, I, I think most NHL buildings could probably host eight teams. Okay. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure Excel energy, Excel energy center could have, if, you know, if, if that was something we, you know, we would love to finish there, but playing in a, you know, 19, 20,000 seat arena with, I don't even know if Minnesota can have fans at all. I know North Dakota and the state of Nebraska allow some fans. I'm not sure Minnesota's right. there yet. And so with us not even knowing if we could have fans to play in a huge arena in front of no one seemed, you know, a little silly. And again, I, I don't know that their venue is even available to host in the dates and the condensed schedule we wanted, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a very valid question. You know, not, not all of our venues could host eight teams, you know, um, in fact, most could not. Um, Omaha made it work, but they certainly didn't have eight locker rooms. They really only had kind of, you know, four, what I would call true locker rooms. And then right. we, we made some other spaces work in the locker rooms. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Ralph has hosted many huge events, uh, world juniors, um, you know, state tournaments, college hockey tournaments, um, all sorts of stuff. So uh, the, yeah, uh, to answer your question on how many can host eight teams, it's a good question. Not not many. So maybe that goes back to, <laughs> to, to go to go to a neutral site, like you said earlier. Is you know, there's not even many neutral sites that that could host eight teams. When you think of NCAA regionals, those are usually four teams, right? Right. So, so eight teams is, is a lot for sure. Wow. Okay, so, so Michael, I want to ask you this because uh, our partnership with you guys and NCHC TV, Paul and I, and everybody here has been enjoying NCHC uh, TV coverage. Um, but we also know in the pod you had a partnership with Midco, which was really, really successful, I thought. Uh, Midco going to be a partner in this again, or is it strictly NCHC TV for you guys? Uh, still working through that a little bit. Um, we're certainly hopeful that uh, we can partner with Midco again. As you alluded to, they did an amazing job in the pod broadcasting all 38 games. So we're hopeful that they can do the four quarter final games. Um, I'm not sure. I think you guys may be aware that our semifinals and championship are – uh, contract with CBS Sports right. Network, and so those yeah. three yep. games would would be on there. But um, we're hopeful to, to to partner with Midco again and, and have them broadcast the four quarterfinals, and, and certainly those would be also available on NCHC TV, like in the pod. So more to come on that, but but we're hopeful we can get that done. All right. Well, I want to thank you first and foremost for uh, not blocking my email because as soon as I found out, I think I maybe was one of your first. Uh, pest questions about, hey, can the media come in? <laughs> so, so thanks for not blocking me, but yeah, I'm looking forward them. to it. I, I grew up about 65 miles to the uh, east of Grand Forks, so uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. I hope that uh, that all works out for everybody. But um, talk on that right now. I know you told me uh, personally that it was still something in the works. Uh, you hoping for that, or, or what's your plan for media? Yeah, I think I think we're gonna try to. Um, you know, as you know, as you said in the pod, we did have uh, media li limited amount of media there. Um, I expect that we would have more media requests certainly this time around. So it is definitely my intention to to have media there. Um, you know, how many media I, I don't know. Uh, the Ralph does have a good sized press box, um, and and I know they also I think have some maybe auxiliary media area they were using now with having fans that gets a little trickier, but. Um, yeah, certainly it would be our intention to have uh, media there, um, commercial, maybe some student radio there, um, some photographers. So trying to have it a little more, a uh, little more media there, maybe than than even we did with the pod. With us having fans, it's it's tougher to be maybe as restrictive as we were in the pod, right? So tough for us to allow fans and tell tell media no. So we'd love to have you, Scott. Um, I know you, you couldn't make it to the to the pod, but. 
it would certainly certainly be great to have you. And especially with the with the condensed schedule there, I think it maybe makes it a little easier for for media to, to be there. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. the idea about the student radio. That's that's my background, so I'm very happy to hear that. So yeah, one of my second requests after you. Well, I got I got a request from the, <laughs> the photographer. The photographer in North Dakota was 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 right before you, I think. Uh, and then I got a St. Cloud State student radio, which they do a great job covering their team, um, along with Husky Productions, their broadcast side. But they they were they were quick to follow up. So we're hopeful we can we can find space for everyone and. With only two games a day, we think we can, you know, four teams playing with the quarterfinals per day. We Hopefully we can make that happen, but I need to talk with uh, the people at the Ralph, Mitch Wignes, uh, uh, SID at North Dakota, and, and some of the other operations people and, and see how we can structure that. So, so more to come there. All right, that's good news. Now, I, I want to ask you just a little bit about the, uh, the regular season and the way things have gone for you. Uh, kind of a two-parter. The first part about the competition and, and the way your teams have performed uh, throughout not only the pod but the you know the the conference only schedule but then secondly uh, were there problems that uh, have jumped up uh, during this COVID season that you guys didn't anticipate or were you pretty uh, comfortable with the way everything's gone at this point uh, yeah good question um, to, I guess maybe take the second part first I, I think I don't know that anything has surprised us as you guys know we've had our fair share of of teams that have had to stop and start. Um, CC has, has been on stop for the second time now, unfortunately. And, and as I referenced earlier, they still have a makeup series with Denver. That was actually Denver's uh, not fault, but Denver was on the COVID pause at that time. So we, we've had our share of, of teams that have had some issues, but I don't know that that was unexpected. I, I think we saw that coming. That shows why the pod was an even better idea and why it made total sense. Um, but I also think we, we knew this was coming and we built in a couple of bye weeks that have obviously come in huge handy. One was the last weekend in, in January, two weekends ago, where we ended up having, we had three series scheduled and the CC Denver series was postponed for a second time. Um, and so, you know, we were able to make up some series there. And then the, the second makeup weekend is coming up, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend uh, where CC is actually going to go make up some games from the pot up in Minnesota. We have a North Dakota Omaha series to make up. So um, I guess not to pat ourselves on the back, but we were smart in how we built the schedule, building in a couple of those bye weeks uh, or, or idle weekends for all teams to allow for some of these makeup weekends. Um, as I said, we do still have the one one gold pan series that we need to make up, and we're kind of out of open makeup weekends. But the nice thing about that series is uh, they're only an hour apart, and so if they have to play midweek or maybe play one game midweek and one game on that last March weekend um, that we talked about before kind of pseudo quarantine before heading to the tournament, uh, we can do that. So nothing, I would say, totally unforeseen. I, you know, our, our protocols for the most part have seemed to work um, in venue at least. Um, but um, and then in terms of the competition, yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, I, it's been good to see the student athletes competing hard. We've had some great games, uh, you know, the divisional play. Uh, maybe isn't you know the most ideal situation where teams are playing each other over and over. I, you know Miami and Duluth finished uh, four straight against each other and have played each other six times now. Um, so you know there's some oddities like that that maybe aren't you know the best situation. But um, again, I think you have to remember we're we're playing in a pandemic, and um, I know the student athletes and coaches are are just grateful that that they can play, and so uh, to, to be able to play any games, I think they're they're happy, and and you can see by the the way they've been playing, they've been playing hard and. and good good games and the competition you know for the most part has been com very competitive um has anybody come up to you guys and said 
hey, you know, we kind of like this a little bit. Maybe we can tweak things to 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 maybe have a little <laughs> bit more of that, like division, not necessarily a division setup in the conference, but um, just have uh, maybe an extra Colorado Denver series or <laughs> an extra Western Miami series. I, I mean, I'm just pulling that. You know, those yeah. teams so you're saying play have have those play six like they are this year, basically? Yeah, as opposed to four. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of appetite for that. Um, you know, I think in a normal year you're playing some non-conference games, and so you're right. you're already playing maybe some other local rivals. CC would play Air Force. Maybe Miami's playing Bowling Green or Ohio State. Um, you know, North Dakota. Maybe they're playing Minnesota. So you're getting some of those other rivals. So maybe it's not as important to play your conference rivals six times. Um, we do make sure those conference rivals play four times. That's always protected. Um, everyone else in a normal year, or I guess over a six year cycle, <laughs> six year cycle would rotate. Right. So some teams would only play, you'd only play a team one series per season, home or away. Right. Um, you know, actually there'd be two teams of that one, you'd play only home and one only away. And those teams that you'd rotate between six teams. And then obviously you're one of those teams and then the other is your protected rival. So we already kind of protect those partners in terms of making sure they play four times. Um, I don't know how much appetite there would be to, to do six times, but I suppose we could pose the question. At the end of the season. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I guess I'm just throwing it out there. You know, um, you know, I, I only pay attention to the schedules when, you know, uh, this is the first time we've really uh, focused in on the schedule. And I don't know if I could count this as a normal year. So uh, I <laughs> probably not. So, I, you know, um, uh, so I'm just looking at it. Because, you know, most of the teams in this conference have done a pretty good job. I mean, you take you go look at the WCHA and uh, no te- one team has played double-digit games and nobody else is even close. So uh, kudos uh, to, 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 to you guys for getting all those games in. So, My, Michael, and I'll, and I'll throw this out. It's the first time that I can remember um, – in all of my years of watching hockey, which is 50-plus now, uh, when I look at it, and the first column I look at is the GP, the games played. <laughs> and, and, Michael, it comes from Frank's territory across town from you at the Air Force Academy because uh, when we had him on the show, Paul and I asked him about his team and about how he was prepping for the season, things like that. He said, guys, all I want to do is get 13 games in first then I'll worry about the win-loss record. And, <laughs> and poor Frank still doesn't have 13 games. So, Ugh. again, kudos to you guys for getting, you know, we're looking at 2016, 18, 19 games in already, um, which makes you obviously eligible for, uh, or your team's eligible for the NCAA tournament, which is going to be crazy, which is going to be my next question. But Paul might have one more between there and then. Well, yeah, I was well, just going to say th- thank you for that. And, yeah, I think that, just shows the importance of the pod. I mean, everyone or most teams were able to get 10 games. Everyone got at least eight games in uh, with CC there or nine games. So I think that got everyone off to a, you know, a head start on all the other teams. And that 13 number is huge, as you said, to be eligible for the NCAA tournament. And I love Frank. He's always good for a good quote. And he's right, though. I mean, games played, games played are important. And I've never seen fans so concerned about games played. You know, we have other years where teams are unbalanced throughout the season and how many games they've played, right? I mean, not yeah. everyone's always on the same number of games. Teams have bye weekends that they play non-conference games. And so teams are always at unbalanced numbers. But this year, it seems to be super important, which, which I get because at the end of the year, it, 
it is important. Now, hopefully, knock on wood, we'll, we'll get all 24 conference games in. You know, we're on pace other than maybe one series we need to reschedule. And this upcoming one's a big one if we can get through this one. But anyway, go, go ahead, Paul. Well, he, just, just because um, it, it's staring me in the face and, and everybody may not know, so just for clarification, when you look at the conference standings, Duluth is listed as being in second place with 39 points, and North Dakota is listed as being in first place with 38 points. Uh, I, uh, well, people are going. You guys are going by point percentage, correct? In terms of at the end of the season, uh, when when all the games that can be played are played. Yeah. So. I would. I mean, if someone asked me who's in first place right now, I would tell you Minnesota Duluth is in first place right now. That kind of goes to what I was saying before, that even in past years, teams, you know, were not necessarily even on number of games played throughout the middle of the season, but you would still say that team's in first place. Um, and so your point of, it's not, we won't use points percentage, we're going to use points per game, but it's the same. It works out the same in terms of math. Um, but yeah, it would be points per game. So if you look at points per game, North Dakota would be in first place. But if you go on our website right now, it's going to show Minnesota Duluth has the most points and they're in first place. You know, our hope is everyone gets their 24 conference games in and we do just go by points, which if everyone plays 24 games, it's points per game is going to be the same order. So, um, but yeah, if, if for some reason, you know, this Denver CC series doesn't get made up or, um, somebody else unfortunately comes down with some COVID issues and we can't make up the games. Um, yeah, if, if if one team doesn't play all 24 conference games, then we will switch to a points per game uh, to, to decide the order of the standings. Well, then let me ask this then, because I don't want Scott to get boggled down in math because he struggles with that. <laughs> um, it must be the, the heat getting to him. Yeah, it must be the heat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you get to a point uh, with, say, I don't know, I'm just making a number up here again. Um, you have a couple of series left and, uh, something happens in one of those, in, in one of those games, uh, it, does it, will it matter if the, if the seedings are already decided? Will, will they really, will you guys really try to reschedule a game that might not affect the standings in the end? You're talking about a regular season game that might yes. be affected? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I guess the one that maybe comes to mind right now is there's one game sitting out there on March 5th at Omaha, right. North Dakota. Um, you know, if we looked at the standings and, you know, whatever, you know, Omaha and North Dakota are locked into their seat, you know, those seeds, and it doesn't matter if either of them win, they're not going to move up a line. Um, you know, maybe or there's down. some considerate. Yeah, well, a loss, they're not going to lose points necessarily because that's the last game. So true, true. In this, true. in this case, that would be true. Yeah, I guess an earlier game, it, it could matter. But um, yeah, so it would really be hard to know if you know until the end of the season if a game matters, right? Because right, t- typically there's going to be teams within three to six points, which is you know six points in one weekend. So I, I don't say I, I don't think we would just brush a game aside. Um, before that last weekend, you know, the one example maybe would be that one last uh, Omaha, North Dakota game. If, you know, it looked like Omaha or if it, you know, clearly, you know, if Omaha gains three points, they're not moving up. If North Dakota gains three points, they're not moving up um, or they've already got first place locked up or whatever. Um, Then, then, you know, maybe, and and this is just me kind of spitballing, maybe they're doing. No, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, maybe there'd be consideration to move that game. But like the Denver CC series, I mean, we're going to do everything in our power. It's it's the both teams' intention and our intention to make up right. 
those games um, at, at some point this season. So, you know, I, I don't know about that in terms of like the tournament, if something were to come up, um, you know, what, what we would do there, you know, if it, if we caught it early enough, I think we would reseed, um, you know, and try to give the one seed a buy if, you know, if we don't catch it till like day of, right. Then I, I guess, you know, I, well, I that's why a team would just advance or I, maybe we would try and postpone it. Although I don't know how, how feasible that is, but. That's just kind of why I ask because you know if you if you have that last game and it doesn't matter in the standings, that's an extra two or three days you can you can quarantine people and lock it down, uh, and 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 that might make a difference in the. I mean, there's no way to really know, but yeah, 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 absolutely, you're right. I mean, we ideally we would have kind of a full week of teams quarantining, you know, similar to what they did coming into the pod, um, you know, and part of the reason we consolidated the tournament and went away from three game series and traveling to campus sites and then to a neutral site or another location is uh, limiting that travel. I realize teams have obviously been traveling, you know, throughout January and now February, but um, you know, trying not to do it right before our tournament. Um, and so they could maybe come in hopefully knowing they're clean a little bit. So um, that, that, that's, that's the idea. So yeah, maybe there's consideration for that one game hanging out there. Um, Denver CC, as we said, is a little easier to make up. It's just a one hour bus ride. So you know, that, that one maybe doesn't concern us as much, but, um, the, you know, anytime you're traveling, there's always, always that risk of cross-contamination. So, Okay, so I got, a, I got a comment for you, and then I got a question, hypothetical, if you will. So the first one is a couple of weeks ago, the independent Arizona State had the most games played in the country. There's teams that have caught them now. They're, they're two weeks off. But if I would have said at the beginning of this pandemic year that the independent program would be one of the two i should say uh would have the most games i think we would all probably thought uh, we need to have my temperature checked again or something but, uh <laughs> that that has been really unusual and, and paul and i have discussed this uh, michael a couple of weeks now on the show um when we get to ncaa tournament time and and assuming that COVID is still going like it is right now um what are your thoughts do you think the ncaa uh will have a couple of teams "Quote unquote in reserve in case a team gets into a situation where they can't play, would that be something that would be even feasible?" Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I I don't think so. I think this year would be even tougher than in a normal year. Um, as far as I know, at least in the last information I saw from the NCAA, they're still planning on holding the regionals, you know, in four different locations, and so you know, that makes it even more challenging depending on where you're trying to send a team to. Some of these locations aren't necessarily the easiest to get to. Um, in fact, I think they're still searching for a fourth because I believe Manchester has, has since dropped out. Um, and so, you know, having reserve teams. But, but might I suggest Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that if they can uh, get, a, get an arena. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they would have teams in reserve. I mean, I think they would maybe try and get teams in a little earlier to do some, some testing. I don't know how that, that would work. Um, that's maybe part of the reason why we even bumped up our tournament a little bit is to allow teams that are going to go on to the NCAA tournament more, more prep time for that and more testing time, making sure they're healthy time, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know what the NCAA is going to do. They haven't even decided how they're going to pick teams yet. Um, and so in a normal year, if you're using the pairwise, you could just say, hey, you know, team number 17 on the pairwise, you know, be on standby. And if, you know, one of the six top 16, you know, can't play, you, you're ready to go. But this year they're not using the pairwise. We, 
as I said, we don't know what they're doing. I, I think it's maybe going to be just a selection committee, kind of like NCAA basketball. Um, well, I, Josh, I don't know. Josh, Josh, our commissioner has has suggested some <laughs> some uh, slotting per conference based on historical data, which makes sense to me. Um, I think it's tough for a committee to do an eye test and compare when there's not much crossover and how many. Right. I mean, not not you know, I I trust the committee, but how many games are they really watching? Right, like. It's not like basketball or, or football where games are on television all the time and you can watch all the, the, the teams. I mean, even our games, most of them are just via stream. And, and we did get the committee NCHC TV passes for them to watch this year. So hopefully they've been wow, Good idea. Absolutely. Yeah, so smart. Hopefully, Very hopefully, smart. Hopefully well, that, that was actually an NCAA request. So I'll give them, <laughs> them credit for that. So they were looking ahead a little bit. but um, So we're, we're still waiting on that. But, yeah, in terms of a standby, I mean, the NCAA would have to, I guess, name those teams whenever they name name the field, which is typically that should be that Sunday, uh, I guess the 21st, I don't have a calendar. Yeah, selection, me, but... selection Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, so let me tell you, we had Jess Myers on from, from Minnesota, a friend of mine sure. and, and yeah, now a good Jess. friend of, of Paul's as well. And, and we were joking <laughs> about this committee thing and Jess and I came up with this idea that maybe we should go to a big fish house right up on Lake <laughs> of the Woods and invite people. No, in. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Did, did, did Jess did no. Jess exi- did Jess exi- suggest going to uh, like Walrad or one of those cities? Oh, oh absolutely, you? absolutely. That's, thought... that's probably where he thinks the the frozen face off should be. Yeah, Ev- no. or one of those. <laughs> between, no. He wanted to go between Warroad and Roseau, right on Roseau, Lake of, right. That's the other right one, on Lake yeah. of the Woods, and uh, and maybe have the committee meeting right there in the big fish house and see if we can get ourselves a few walleyes at the same time. <laughs> listen, listen, Michael, hey, listen. If, if Dee Blaze was on the committee, he would be all for that. Oh, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, all I know is Scott asked me about Grand Forks, and I said to him, what is the temperature in March in Grand Forks? And he said something that starts with a three or a four, and I was hoping and praying he was talking about Celsius and not Fahrenheit. So um, this this whole ice fishing thing, uh, no, no. I, so, and I told Jess, let's go. Now you can talk. About going to Vegas in early March. <laughs> now we're talking here. Yeah, yeah. And Michael, nice to get like a Frozen Four or something in in Vegas. I think we could do that. I have been texting with Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald, and he was telling me it's been negative temperatures the whole last week. In oh, Forks. it's been so, horrible. Oh. So hopefully it warms up a little bit by the time we get there. Well, aren't they aren't they having a Frozen Four in in Vegas in twenty twenty six? Yeah, I think uh, North Dakota's got... even North. Is it North Dakota that's even? Uh, I think yeah, I the think they're hosting it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Michael, we certainly appreciate you coming on on short notice. Uh, it, it's great. Don't block my emails, please, because because I really want to come to Grand Forks. <laughs> no, absolutely. We appreciate the, all the the coverage uh, you guys have been giving us, and, and it's been great to have you guys as a partner and. Um, certainly, we, like I said, we'd love to have you, Scott. And um, yeah, the more the merrier. Hopefully, this this time around, we won't have to turn turn people away like we did uh, in the pod, unfortunately. So. And I will tell you, from the pod, Paul has learned a whole lot about Grand Forks and Devil's Lake and the ice fishing stuff from uh, from Midco. So, <laughs> and axe throwing, watching all the advertisements that they were. Yeah, running. and axe, I hear and those axe were throwing. popular. Popular. Wow, listen, you know, we have those places all over Long Island, you know, ice fishing and axe throwing. Yeah, you know, we had those in Queens, but it usually wasn't uh, anything to do with, hey, come in and bring your friends and they'll be out. It wasn't entertainment, right? No, it wasn't. No. 
Michael, thanks again for for jumping in. Stay on the line for a minute so you can hear your uh, your NCHC TV ad. We love it. We love playing it. We love being partners with you guys. And and thanks again for jumping in. Uh, tell Josh uh, we look forward to seeing him as well. And hopefully everything all goes well between now and uh, and March 12th with the uh, frozen face off up in Grand Forks, North Dakota for 2021. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, guys. And thanks, take Michael. care. Stay safe. Thank you. Top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on NCHC.TV. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen faceoff. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on NCHC.TV. Absolutely, it is, nchc.tv. We love it. Uh, Paul and I are going to take another quick break here. We'll be right back to talk more college hockey with you in just a few minutes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? the mask we know that players are always messing with their equipment and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season that doesn't mean you're good for the year make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com whether it's an extra mouth guard wheels and bearings for your inline skates or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995, 
Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Canción Tequila, or if it's still in the uh, the old name, it's Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila. Either way, same great taste, same great uh, product available at any Total Wine store that you can get to, uh, and you can of course get it online at Roger uh, Roger Klein's Mexican or MexicanMoonshine.com. Am I right on that, Paul? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, you got me confused now. So just so, <laughs> just so everybody has it straight, MexicanMoonshine.com. Mexican yeah, I love it. Okay. Uh, as, as I always do, uh, after we have a guest on, I always like to get your opinion, because uh, uh, we know we both know Michael, and he's uh, just so good at what he does, probably the best in the business, I'd say, in, in conference um, affiliation as far as doing – everything that he does. People think the NCHC is this huge conglomeration of things. It's not. It's a very it's small, tight group that, that does an unbelievable job. And I know Josh Fenton wanted to be on with us tonight, but his son uh, had a hockey practice. And you know what? Dad's got to do what dad's got to do. So, oh, absolutely. Of course. Uh, no, absolutely. Listen, um, you know, the, the first time we had Michael on, they, he said they have an office of about five people. You know, they, they, they're running. Oh, were you waiting running. for me to say something on that? I thought you had a follow-up. <laughs> no, I'm just saying they, 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 they have an office staff of five people. You said that they, yeah. you know, the yeah. big giant. No, it's, yeah. it doesn't. No, it's. it's but but their production, their production is big and giant, and uh, oh yeah, and the uh, frozen face-off uh, going to Grand Forks. I know you haven't been there. Uh, I was so I close not. to it. I spent a lot of time there, especially when I covered North Dakota hockey back in 05, 06, 07, 08, whatever it was. Um, and uh, that, that facility. or, or uh, Hush. Hush. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, uh, and that facility is first class. I mean, the beauty of it is it's NHL quality all the way through it from the bottom up. Um, but the, uh, it seats about 11,000, which is really nice for college hockey because, you know, it's 8,000 less than, for example, T-Mobile would, would seat. But right. it puts the fans in really good sight lines, and they're loud, and they're vocal. And I don't know how many fans they're going to end up having in there, but whatever they have, it's, it's a lot better than none. So uh, we're, yeah. definitely, we're definitely looking forward to that. And like I said, it's going to be unique because uh, – they won't be doing the best of three like they normally do to start nope. things off. A single elimination, so one, eight, two, seven, you know, right down the line. And uh, I, I think it's just going to be a really fun event. And, and I know they'll do it first class. And whether it's NCHC TV or CBS Sports or, or Midco, uh, all of the games will be accessible. There's no doubt about that. Well, it's. I, I realize that sometimes the questions I ask are uh, to borrow a phrase inside baseball you know, asking about <laughs> the amount hockey. of locker rooms well whatever um I, maybe you should invent that term go ahead I, that's it's all good um <laughs> hashtag inside hockey yeah uh, you know things like asking about the locker rooms I, these these are things that most people don't hear about i don't know if that makes for good a good podcast or not but 
Uh, I was not uh, aware that it, that building had eight locker rooms. It, and, it's it's and important. Said, well, of course it is. Uh, well, and to other, do this. Here's the other thing to consider is um, the Ralph Engelstead Arena is an NHL rink with about 11,000 seats. Attached to it is an Olympic-sized practice rink. They call it the uh, – it's attached to the basketball arena on the other side. So it's like um, – I'm not sure if they call that the Betty or if the Betty is was Ralph's wife. Um, if they call the basketball, no, they please don't do that. Uh, okay, oh, it's one of the two. Please it's tell me, it's don't the Ralph or the Betty. But anyway, no, I don't want to hear that. Uh, I, it's a, okay. Well, what what is me? wrong with the guy's last name? Why are uh, we not using it? It's like everybody, Joe. Lewis. Everybody loves the Ralph. But it's gonna be he's the got Ralph. a last name. There's a, a billion guys named Ralph. <laughs> it's like yeah, when they call Joe Lewis. It's like when they call Joe Lewis Arena the Joe. It's not stop. the Joe. It's Joe Lewis Arena. The man okay, is an icon. Stop. Yeah. Stop. No, no, I'm now, not going to stop. You know now that. Now what we're going to do, now what we're going to do is we're going to take you to Grand Forks and we're going to have you walk into different places and say, hey, you guys know anything about the Ralph? And everybody will exactly know what you're talking about. Don't care. It won't, it won't be Ralph on the on the stool down at the end of the counter uh, having his dinner. It'll be the Ralph Engelstead Arena. Anyway. Uh, that that's a topic for another show that we go on forever. We'll save that one for when we go up to the uh, the the committee meeting on Lake of the Woods. Yeah, wait for me on that one. Okay, <laughs> you'll you'll be phoning that one in. Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, great to have Michael on because he's just a wealth of knowledge and. And uh, I wasn't kidding. I think I might have been his first email uh, Monday when I found out. I'm going like, hey, if you're having media, uh, put me down. Uh, I missed out on the pod, and I don't want to miss out on this one. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a great performance. Uh, everything they do is top-notch at NCHC and NCHC TV, so no surprise there. We're thrilled to uh, be partners with them. Um, okay, let's move on a little bit before we run out of time. We started a little late today, so we got a little time to make up. But um, uh, Arizona State, and you were involved in the uh, weekly meeting with Coach Powers. Let, let's start right there, Paul. First of all, what were his thoughts on uh, watching the games on stream? He, I know he doesn't want to do it again. He watches no, the games on a stream. never wants to do that again. <laughs> no, sir, he does but, but, not. But give us some insight as to what his thoughts are now as they go on um, their third and final extended road trip of the season. Uh, they're going to enter this road trip of eight games with a 5-13-2 mark. It's, it doesn't take a math genius, and you told everybody that I wasn't one. But I'll tell you, if you get eight straight wins and you add them to five you already have, you finish the season 13-13-2. What's on Coach's mind as they head out on the road again for this weekend's games? Uh, I know you'll be shocked at this, but uh, the coaches, on the coach's mind is Sunday the 14th in Michigan State. Not the 15th, not the 21st, not the 22nd, but Sunday the 14th. You know. Okay, so so let me let me throw that's this. That's coach in. speak for take it one at a time. Absolutely. So so let me say this then: Was there any coach speak ideas, whatever uh, coincidence planning that uh, number thirty four was in goal for both games of the exhibition series coming off of uh, his illness? Well, this is this is what because I actually asked this question directly. Um, he had not played because he was 
he, he was, he, he had health issues, not COVID. He had others. Um, and the coach wanted to get him in the game. And uh, coach felt he was rusty in the first game and didn't get a lot of help in the defensive zone. Um, and played his, or played arguably the team's best game in goal uh, on the Friday night in the two to one win. And basically his quote was the other two guys gave up 10 goals in their last games. Uh, it's, it's 34's net for now. Uh, you know, I mean, I added the for now. So, um, <laughs> well, let's not forget coach powers is a former goaltender himself. So he knows a thing right. or two about goaltenders. He knows a thing about their psyches. He knows, uh, it seems that he has an uncanny ability to push the right buttons at the right time. He's done it since day one of this NCAA program, finding the right goaltenders in certain situations. So if he says 34 is the guy, I'm behind it. 34 is the guy. What else well, did, uh, came out of the uh, press conference today? You know, I it just, you know, he, they, for, he, uh, I asked about if they uh, had an extra some extra juice in their steps today because the coach was back because his quarantine is over. And uh, so he was back at the rink today and uh, he goes, they definitely did have an extra, some extra juice in their step. And so did the coach uh, who was very happy to be back in the rink and obviously never wants to watch another game like that again. Um, he felt your frustration. Is that what you're saying? Uh <laughs> I, I doubt he was paying attention to some of the things that I pay attention to when I watch <laughs> when I watch a game. Oh, uh, which, by the but, way, unfortunately, but believe me, believe me, I know what you pay attention to when you watch a game, and, and so does by my the way, text message line. <laughs> and, and by the way, some of those things are spreading, and I just don't understand it. Um, but that's once again, that's a you know, if we ever have a show where we don't really have a guest and we don't have a topic, well, we can get into this. I promise. Um, you know, he goes, the, the difference in between the two games was night and day that Sunday or not Sunday, that Friday night, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, way, right? Thursday, Friday, the, the Friday game is, is the way they have to play every night. That's, that's Sunderville hockey, you know, play with passion, play with, with, with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and play with the us against the world mentality. That's how the program has been built, and that's how he expects them to play every game. And, um, you know, hopefully they carry that into Michigan State. Um, we did find out the coach likes day games on the road, though, which he is does, okay huh? by me, too. Yeah, because, yeah. well, you know what? When they used to play early games on the East Coast, he, his little secret was when, when ACHA hockey was going on, he'd stream ACHA hockey games. I'm not giving anything away, folks, because he, he loves ACHA hockey. And he would stream the games. He would tell me about ACHA games in our uh, weekly five-minute powers play uh, before we got started. And I'd say, how do you know that? He goes, hey, our East Coast game got over early, so I just logged on. <laughs> well, listen, and, 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 and he said it. He goes, you know, the day games on the road, they're great because – you're not sitting around in a hotel all day. You want to get out there. You want to play. And they basically have four games in a row now uh, on this next road trip that are day games uh, and early games. Uh, the Michigan State games, uh, Sunday and Monday, are at uh, 3 o'clock uh, Eastern time, 1 o'clock Arizona time. Uh, 
The Monday game is at 5 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Arizona time. Uh, get your breakfast ready for Saturday the 20th against Penn State. Because that's a 10 o'clock Arizona time start. I love it. Love oh, it. Love ab- it oh, absolutely. You know, noon? Yeah, I could. That, that, I love that. That's That was, I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Um, and then, and then so, the Sunday is a 2 o'clock uh, oh, yeah. Arizona start. So that's, Nothing you know, 4 that o'clock. And, no, and it's just the time for College Hockey Southwest Live. So, I yeah. That, I love that, too. We get the fresh stuff right out there. Um <laughs> Okay, so uh, that's kind of the bow on Arizona State, and we'll talk more about that as they uh, they come along. But a huge NCHC series going on in Grand Forks, North Dakota, who we just had Michael Weissman on from NCHC, and uh, he told us about the tournament that will be at Ralph Engelstead Arena in North Dakota in March, about a month, just about a month from now. Uh, but Denver is heading there for the weekend, Paul. Denver, North Dakota, what has to happen for the Pioneers who stand right now in fifth place in the uh, conference at 7-10-1? And And it's been a long time since the Denver Pioneers have been below 500 at this point in the season. Well, it's crazy because normally you'd be heading into a weekend like this and you would be saying, hey, we have a top-five matchup. And that is just not the case this year, and you know, I, I spoke about but, it but on don't, Sunday. But don't let that scare you because uh, Denver can play with North Dakota. Oh, listen, I, I, I'm not saying they can't. I'm just, you know, normally, you know, like I said, this in, at this point in time, I said I, I we talked about it on Sunday. Uh, with that series at St. Cloud, with the series against St. Cloud, um early in the third period of the second game, I'm like, all right, well, this is Denver now. They turned it around, and they blew a two-goal lead and lost a game. Yeah. And that's just very un-Denver-like. Yeah, and, well, if they're going to get it going, Paul, it starts this weekend because well, – uh, they don't have a choice. Yeah, they don't have a choice. They, uh, they need to get it going, and they have to uh, get some momentum ready. But also in the NCHC, Colorado College and Omaha are going to play some hockey in Omaha – this Friday and Saturday night. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the, the the fact of the matter is that Colorado College has not been as consistent as I'm sure Mike Haviland would have wanted them to be. Now, is that completely uh, uh, an on-ice situation? No, because they are the one team in the league that has kind of bounced back and forth between playing and not playing. Two more so than any of the pauses. Yeah. Uh, So, and, you know, not all of it has been them. But, you know, it's just the timing of it has sucked for Colorado College. That they've had to reschedule a bunch of games. So, you know, you, you do sit there and wonder, you know, how are all these breaks going to affect how they play? And it's been different just about every time. So now we have to kind of wait and see what happens against Omaha. And, you know, they're playing at Omaha. So there, there is some travel involved. And, you know, we'll just we'll, – we'll, we got to see what happens. And, and, you know, hopefully they can get it going and um, – 
you know, if they can get it going, even if they, they don't move up in the standings, they'll be, they can be a dangerous team uh, heading into the, the, the conference tournament because they do have some guys that are top-line players and, and their goalies have gotten hot at various different times, uh, even if it's not the way they thought it would be in terms of who would get the majority of the minutes. Right. right. You know, uh, Bassey has come in and, 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 and taken some minutes from Vernon. So uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a situation where now you're – where you just want to pl- – you want to get some consistency. You want to play with some consistency. Even if you're not necessarily winning every night, you want to get your game ready to go so that when it comes playoff time that – you can take advantage of whatever situations might occur, whether it's somebody overlooking you or a team making mistakes. You want to be at your peak so you can take advantage of that. Okay, so if we were to look at the schedule uh, or the standings right now and kind of throw things together, you would be looking at, you know, and these these four teams are interchangeable, one and two with North Dakota and uh, Minnesota. I guess we got to throw St. Cloud in there, too, because they're interchangeable. And listen, you know, three. I said it earlier uh, when, when they were in the pod, and I kind of backed off of it a little bit, a little bit like a coward, uh, <laughs> that St. Cloud has, yeah. was the story in the pod, and, and they struggled a little bit when they first got out of the pod, but they have turned it back around, and they have turned it on, and, and they are um, – Probably the quietest feel-good story of the season. Yeah, yeah. Because everything is dominated by. Uh, let's see if we're going to play today. <laughs> well, right now in the uh, NCHC standings, Minnesota Duluth with thirty-nine points, North Dakota with thirty-eight, St. Cloud State with thirty-seven. By my count, Paul, that's uh, two points keeping you from third or first. Um, then there's Omaha at 32, and then uh, I think there's a little separation there. I think those four teams are uh, kind of going to be where they finish, the, the top four, and then uh, Denver, Western Michigan, Colorado College, and Miami. But it, when that frozen faceoff uh, starts up and you get a chance to see a 4-5 matchup of Denver and Omaha, if it should turn out that way, um, count me in. I want to see it. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I want to see a one-eight matchup, and a two. I want to see them all. Anyways, it doesn't I know matter. you do, uh, but I'm just telling you that I think the competition is going to be uh, really good. And single elimination means isn't you it always? Leave it. Uh, you got to leave it on the ice. No, well, I mean at the the quarterfinals with the two best out of three uh, series. I mean the, the four best four. out of three yeah. series uh, in the quarterfinals. Ah, eh, you know. Sometimes, uh, yeah. Sometimes but you don't get already single, to roll. Single when you elimination, have single you elimination, play. Oh, you know, and and one turnover could be the difference between advancing and going home. Yeah, without a doubt. And you're talking um, uh, that tournament, as we talked with uh, with Michael, was it's going to start uh, March 12th in Grand Forks, and they'll conclude on Tuesday night, March 16th, which is like. Why not, right? It, it's COVID. It's, 20, it's the craziest hockey season ever. Why not have a Tuesday night NCHC championship game in getting ready for uh, for an NCAA tournament somewhere? Well, uh, listen, that gives, that gives whatever teams advance about 10 days 
yes. to lock themselves down before the start of the NCAA tournament, wherever they end up, be it Bridgeport, Fargo, Loveland, or wherever they else, if they decide to have that fourth regional hey, since uh, Manchester you know, backed out. Or, I mean, you know what we call that? We'll go to Pittsburgh. We know what we call that uh, that little gap in there? We call that ASU time. Prep time. That little gap. Yeah, okay. So ASU can prep it. Okay. Hey, listen, all right. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> I know you that. are. I know you are. You don't have to convince me into it. <laughs> okay, let's wrap things up by talking Air Force because talk about hard luck teams. I started with that at the beginning of the show. Uh, Air Force was uh, one of the teams that really – uh, took the brunt of this COVID season. Uh, overall record right now, 1-9-1. and one. If I do math again for you, Paul, that's 11 games. Uh, when I look it at is the 11 schedule, games. Very good. When I, when I look at the game schedule left, and there may be some makeup games, I'm not sure. But if there aren't, there's only two more games left on the schedule. It's Canisius, uh, February 19th and 20th uh, at yeah. Air Force. Uh, so that would be the 13 games, but... Even if Air Force were to win well, the both, they would be, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but that would give them the opportunity to uh, to get three wins on the season, which I'm sure if you ask uh, Coach Saratori about that, uh, he would be shaking his head over the fact that he got to play 13 regular season games. Um, well, that would you know. be that would be that would be peak Air Force, right? Because they get a three game winning streak to end the season. Oh yeah, getting ready yeah, to go would... into conference tournament. That would be about it. And then look out. <laughs> then look out. Well, we're going to get Coach on sometime between now and their tournament and uh, and have him on to discuss this crazy season because it's been unbelievable. But the big news for the week, uh, I think, has to be the NCHC deciding to move their tournament temporarily to Grand Forks. Um, the possibility that there will be fans. I think we can say there's a probability of fans uh, and media, which is great. And uh, we got you covered. We're going to cover you from start to finish. Uh Every game will be there to uh, one of us at least will be there. Maybe both of us. Well, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul's not. Paul's shaking his head because he's got a real job too, and he's also saying like, "I'm not interested in Grand Forks and a 40 mile an hour wind and 30 degree temperature." No, uh, not usually. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens, folks. But that's the oh, big. By the way, the week. just yeah. By the way, got? just to sneak this in. Just because maybe we'll talk about this on Sunday, depending on how much, you know, what happens. Um, there was a report that came out from uh, Jeff Cox, who writes for the uh, New England Hockey Journal, that there might be an addition to Division One hockey in Missouri. A little little sneak preview on tomorrow night's show, uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We have the host team's head coach of the ACHA National um, Division One tournament, John Hogan from Maryville okay. University. Look at that. See how that, us. See, that? So, see how that works and, out? Yeah. So, And John is very close and very uh, in the know about Lindenwood. So that is definitely 30 one miles of the apart. that I'm going to ask him is uh, – it is what what's the plan? Because uh, is the gauntlet um, been thrown? That's oh, what we want to know. I, I pretty thirty much miles think that, apart. See, I was I was told uh, this summer when I visited uh, the St. Louis area for a few days that uh, they were extremely close to making that announcement. Um, Rick Zombo, uh, who played with the Blues and is the head coach at Lindenwood, um, he uh, 
he wanted to take that next step. And I think he was real close. Uh, the university was real close. So uh, I think we can say that's about as much of a done deal as, uh, as you can get as uh, they'll be moving up. But we'll talk to John about it tomorrow night. So okay. if, you're, if you're bored tomorrow night, jump on uh, 730, join Stephen Marsh and myself, and we'll talk club hockey. And we'll sneak that question about Lindenwood in because I think they're going to the NCAA level. Let's see if my kids don't hide my microphone because they're sick and tired of me being down here doing this. So. <laughs> I hear you. Well, speaking of great shows, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to last night's show, but Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly last night, my first solo attempt. Um, we did it from the car outside of Orleans Arena. I had Eric Eidesen, the uh, Swedish. It has board. not downloaded yet on my. Oh, uh... goodness. He, he was so good. He was so good. Uh, he sat in the front seat of the car with me for one hour, and we talked everything Vegas hockey from UNLV to uh, Henderson Silver Knights to Vegas Golden Knights to what I call the Swedish invasion in the southwest of all the Swedish players that are making their name uh, between Vegas and Tucson and Phoenix and Glendale and Henderson. Uh, so it, it's a lot of fun. you got to get there and listen to it. Uh, if you missed it, you can download it on any uh Pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can hear us at ITHSW Podcast. A lot of people have asked me, folks, it's got to be the entire word that way, ITHSW Podcast. Don't leave a space in there. You'll be searching. So uh, keep it all together. Oh, say that again. Don't leave a space in there? No, ITHSW Podcast and make it all one word. Okay. Because well, if, that's you, if you leave a space, wanna... yeah, if you leave a space in there, what ends up happening is you're searching, 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 searching. You'll eventually find it, but... It's just much easier to keep it all one word, I-T-H-S-W, podcasts. And we, we, we might want to say that once in a while. Yeah, well, we are right now, so we'll oh, continue okay. to do that. We'll tell people that all the way along. All right, if you don't have anything else, take it away, my friend, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila Mexican Moonshine is presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless the 5G and 5G ultra band for business that America's been waiting for. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood, Ice Time Hockey SW sent you, and let him show you the Bell Ford difference online at bellford.com or the showroom at 2401 West Bell Road, Phoenix. Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona-owned, Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the mask and its three valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy Burrito Express. Our homemade recipes to your table. Great taste. Great value. M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning. Relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. And by the NCHC, every game in the pod, on the road, or at home, nchc.tv has you covered. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. 
Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Cancion Tequilas, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Folks, I'm telling you, he just gets better with time. Uh, over and over again, nobody does it better. Uh, thank you, my friend, for doing that. And uh, also a big shout-out to Michael Weissman, the Director of Communications for NCHC and the uh, HC, NCHC.TV for uh, for joining us tonight and uh, bringing us up to date on the uh, frozen face-off set for Grand Forks, North Dakota, March 12th through the 16th. Thank you to Michael. If there's uh, anyone that does communications better than Michael, show me them because I don't think there is. Okay, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, uh, uh, De Niro, and uh, we'll hope that you join us tomorrow night for uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. And again, Sunday night, Paul and I will be back with the reaction show, College Hockey Southwest Live. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>